Good morning, Mercy Road. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? Hey, so good to be with you guys. Can we welcome those that are joining online right now? Yeah. And if that's you, just go ahead and share this message because you never know how God could be using it. And I just want to continue talking about something that Pastor Eric just mentioned. So uh, a few of us from our team, we were just down in Orlando this past week for a church planting conference. And while we were there, we're in this auditorium at this church that seats like 5,000 people. And it was so cool to be standing there during worship, just to kind of look around the room and to see all the gray hairs in the room, right? But also to see all the strollers in the room and then to begin to see all the different nations that were represented there. At one point, I find myself like looking at the guy that was next to me and he had these like uh, headphones in and I'm like, how rude to come to a conference and have headphones in. And then I realized it was actually a translation device that he had in. That would allow him to listen in. And I just walked away feeling this. God is on the move and he's doing something powerful in the church. It's so cool to get to see those that are further along in their journey, maybe near the end of their ministry road, that are not letting off the gas. They're saying, we're going to be all about church planting, multiplying what God is doing. And it's so cool to see all the young families with strollers in the room. Like we're raising up the next generation as well. God is on the move and not just here at Mercy Road, across all churches, all around the world. So can we just praise God for what he's doing? I'm just not fearful for the future of the church because I know that God is continuing to raise up more people, more men and women to serve him and to change life. So I hope that that's an encouragement to you. And I hope that you just continue to lean into what God is doing in this season. Well, I have a question for you. Uh, have you, have, have you ever had something turn out to not be what you expected? Have you ever had something turn out to be not what you expected? So a few years ago, um, this clothing item, which is called rompers, became a thing. Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? And it became so popular that somebody had a great idea and said, maybe we should start making rompers for men. And so they created those. And then I think one day I was just scrolling through social media and I saw this ad for male rompers. And I'm like, yeah, that looks kind of cool, right? And next thing you know, I'm convincing myself like, Maybe I need one of those. So go ahead and throw up that picture that we have there. I was checking that out. And in my mind, I start to like have this dream of like, man, it could be me and my bros. We could be like romper bros together, right? So next thing you know, I find myself ordering a male romper online. And when it came in, uh, let's just say it's not what I expected it to look like. Instead, what I got was an outfit to wear to an 80s party. So let's go and throw that up. Uh, don't, don't judge me. <laughs> Let's just say it was not what I expected, right? Some of you just totally lost respect for me right now. But have you ever had those moments in your life where something is just not what you expected? See, today we're going to be looking at a story in the Bible where somebody comes to Jesus, asks him a question, and the answer that he gets back turns out to not be what he expected. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 10. That's where we're going to be at today. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 21. And we jump into the story here. And it says, as Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up to him, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And you know, the commandments don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear fault and witness, don't defraud, honor your mom and dad. And he said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him 
and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Maybe not the answer that he expected to get, right? Like he's coming to him and like, hey, what, what do I do? I just want to be saved. I want to have eternal life. And what do I do? And Jesus looks at him, loves him, and he says, go and sell everything that you have, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. And you might be a little bit confused, like, okay, what, what does stuff have to do with salvation, right? Surely what Jesus is not telling him to do here in this case is to somehow buy his way into heaven, right? Because we know that salvation and eternal life is found in Jesus alone, and it's by believing in Jesus as both Savior and as Lord. So what does it have to do with his stuff and what Jesus is trying to do here is maybe to look into something a little bit deeper. And so what I want us to ask this morning is, does God have my full love and devotion? Does God have my full love and devotion? And if you begin to ask that question as we're looking at this text today, you will see that some things are going to begin to become clear for you. And it's all going to connect and begin to make sense together because what Jesus knew was that he was the only way. He said it, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So what Jesus knew was that this guy would have to believe in him as Savior, but also as Lord. And as Savior, only Jesus can offer eternal life. And as Lord, only Jesus deserves my full love and devotion and Jesus knew that in order for this man to give him his full love and devotion, he would have to address or get rid of the stuff in his life. And Jesus said it elsewhere as well in Matthew chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he understood that in order for this man to completely surrender his life to him, he would have to address this idol that he had in his life, which is possessions. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is the idol of possessions and how that can become an idol in our lives. And so I ask you again to ask this question, does God have your full love and devotion? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Pray with me. Father, we just want to invite you into this space. And God, we just pray and ask that as we look at this text together, that you would make things clear to us. I know that it's not an easy topic to talk about, and some people are already getting a little bit anxious right now and maybe defensive right now. And God, I just pray and ask that every single one of us would just come to the table, myself included, and just ask that question today. Do you have my full love and devotion? And God, is there anything in your life that you want for me to surrender today to you that we would just all commit to doing that together? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And if you're taking notes this morning, kind of the big idea that you can walk away is simply this, that my possessions will either hinder or help my relationship with God. My possessions will either hinder, meaning it'll hurt your relationship with God, or it can be used by God to actually help your relationship with God. That's the big idea that we're talking about today that we're going to be unpacking and looking at from this text. And many of you know that I am a full-time pastor. What you don't know is that I have a side gig as well. And my side gig is breaking up fights between my kids at home. So here's how it always happens. One of them has a toy that they're playing with, and the other one wants the toy as well. And next thing you know, they're both grabbing onto the toy, shoving each other, pulling it. And what do they typically say? What's the word? What's the word, parents? Help me. Mine, Mine right? And I didn't have to teach my kids to do that. They just learn on their own. Mine, right? Because you get to see that there's something within the human heart that when it comes to our stuff, all of us want to tend to say that word, mine. 
And that's why maybe some of you are feeling uncomfortable right now. That's why you can begin to already, even as we looked at this text and Jesus mentioning, sell all that you have and go give it to the poor. Maybe you're already having like the conversation in your mind, like, well, like maybe he didn't really mean that, right? Maybe this is just a metaphor or something else. He didn't really mean to sell all that you have and to give it to the poor because there is something in our hearts that wants to say, mine. It's that issue of idolatry that we're talking about. It's the whole reason why we're doing this series and talking about the idols in our lives and things that tend to creep in. And to begin to steal our full love and devotion that we have to give to God. And there's a pastor who said it this way, David Clarkson. He said, the human heart indeed is a factory that mass produces idols. Meaning on our own, every single one of us wants to say mine when it comes to our stuff. And in this series, we're talking about idols that creep in our lives. Because you can begin to look at your life and see that there's some things that begin to pull you away from God. And instead of pursuing after God, you begin to pursue after those things. And instead of depending on God, you begin to depend on those things more and more and more. And instead of being consumed by Jesus, every waking moment of your life, you find yourself, all your energy, your time, and your focus being consumed by these other things. And that's what we are talking about. That's what we're calling idols. Uh, Tim Keller, pastor, he defines an idol in this way. He says, an idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of hearts, if I have that, then, my li- then I'll feel my life has meaning, then I'll know I have value, then I'll feel significant and secure. That sound like anything in your life? A pretty convicting message, right? As every single one of us, if we're just willing to be honest this morning, that we all have those things in our lives that have become idols, that we begin to look to, that we begin to find our security in, that we begin to depend on, and that's why we are doing this series, that whether it's money for you, or a car, or a house, or whatever it is in your life that promises to give you what only God can give you, that thing is an idol in your life. And our possessions especially tend to do that for us if we're not careful. So jump back into the story. Verse 17, this guy, he comes to Jesus, and what's so interesting is that he's willing to acknowledge that Jesus, there's something about the authority of Jesus that he's willing to acknowledge. So he comes and kneels before him in humility, And he even calls him good, meaning there's something divine, something powerful about who Jesus is. He's willing to acknowledge all of that. But then when Jesus tells him, go and sell all that you have, he's like, I don't know about that, right? And you look at his life and he hears somebody who is a religious person. Every single rule that Jesus is listing, he's like, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that from my youth. From the time that I was a teenager, a kid, Jesus, I've done all these things. You might even say that he was somebody that was even faithfully tithing to his church. But yet Jesus says there's there's this other thing in your life that your relationship with the possessions in your life and your wealth, I can't really have all of you if this other thing still has a hold on your heart. And that's why Jesus just heads straight to the heart of the matter and says, if you want to truly follow me, then go and sell everything that you have Give it to the poor and then come and follow me. And look at his response, which will reveal his heart here. Verse 22, it says, and disheartened by the saying. It means when Jesus brought up his stuff, this idol in his life, right away you just see his face just slowly just sags and he's sad in the moment. Because Jesus just hit the nail on the head in this idol that he has in his life. So disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. 
So now Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Disciples are amazed by this word. And Jesus says to them again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. If you're taking notes this morning, write this down. Number one, if I want to follow after Jesus, then I must travel light. If I want to follow after Jesus, then I must travel light. So years ago, the first apartment that we lived in um, had this pond in front of it, which was like cool to look at and everything. The problem with the pond is that geese and ducks love to come and just hang out in it. And then they would walk out of there onto the salon that was like around our apartment. And you know that those animals are filthy animals. So anywhere that they're at, they're going to leave a mess everywhere. Well, one night, I'm getting out of my car, walking to our apartment, walking on the sidewalk. And like most men, I like to like carry as much stuff as I can, right? It's almost like a competition to me. Like, how many grocery bags can I grab at once, right? So as I'm walking to the house and I end up, I've got all this groceries and everything in my hand. I end up dropping my keys and it's in the dark, in this lawn that the geese and the ducks love to hang out at. So now I'm on my knees feeling around in the dark to try to find my keys because I can't see, right, what's happening. And let me just say I stepped in some stuff and I touched some stuff that day that when I went inside the house, I ended up scrubbing my hands for like the next 30 minutes, maybe used a little bit of bleach as well in there. And it was traumatic, maybe signed myself up for, for some therapy as well as a result of that. And I'm still talking about it today, still recovering from that. And have you ever found how hard it is in your life to do a simple task when your hands are so full? And think about that. Walking from your car to your apartment shouldn't be that hard. But because my hands were so full, it became really complicated and a lot harder for me to do. And many of us are trying to follow Jesus and where he's called us with this simple call to take up your cross and follow me. But man, our hands are so full with everything else, aren't they? That that simple call becomes complicated and we end up dropping some things and touching some things and stepping in some things that we shouldn't because our hands are so full trying to follow Jesus. And that simple call to be obedient, follow me, whatever I tell you to do as Lord and Savior, as your Lord, whatever I tell you to do, now your obedience is to me and you need to obey that and follow me becomes a lot harder because our hands are so full with everything else. And many of us maybe listening to that might be thinking right now, well, that, that's not me. I, I don't have that much stuff in my life. Have you ever driven around and just noticed how many banks and storage units we have? Like we lived up in Anderson for a little while and my commute was like down I-69. And every single day it was storage unit after storage unit after storage unit. And then we go up to Illinois to visit our family up there. And I'm driving around all these places that used to be like maybe dead malls or like empty parking lots. And you know what is popping up in all those places? More storage units. Have you ever just stopped to think about the fact that it's because we as a people have so much stuff is why we have all these banks around us and all these storage units. I mean, literally like those places exist just to help us to manage all the stuff in our lives. And so this text that we're looking at today should be really sobering to every single one of us because we are a people that when you look at the rest of the world compared to the rest of the world, we just have a lot of stuff, guys. And if we're not careful, the stuff in our lives make our hands so full that it can become so hard to follow Jesus. So 
what do you have in your hands that is just maybe so full and what's weighing you down, maybe slowing you down from following Jesus. And maybe for you this morning, the word is just for you to maybe stop and just to begin to consider like, what am I giving my time and energy to managing what's consuming all my efforts? And is it just that I have too much stuff in my hands? And is God maybe today calling me to lay that down? Because if I want to follow after Jesus, I need to be able to travel light. And number two, if you're taking notes, I can make my possessions an idol or an instrument. I can choose to make my possessions an idol or an instrument. So Jesus just offers them a lot of bad news. Hey, it's, it's almost impossible to enter the kingdom of heaven. It would be like a camel going through the eye of a needle and they just hear all of that and they're a little bit discouraged like, man, well then, well then who, who can be saved? Look at verse 26. It says, and the disciples were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Verses 26 and 27. So they're discouraged by this saying. And maybe you're listening to that and maybe you find yourself discouraged right now as well. Like, how, how do I escape this reality? How do I get out of just all the stuff that surrounds us all the time, living here in the States and all the wealth that we have around us and how easy it is to end up with so much stuff. And some of us have our garages are just overflowing with stuff and our bank accounts are full and our houses are overflowing with stuff. And then we run out of room in our garages and we go uh, pay up to, to rent a storage unit to store more stuff in there. And there's just so much stuff in our lives. And maybe you're hearing this word today and you're feeling a little bit discouraged. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you this morning that we talk about this all the time around here that we are a hospital for sinners we're a hospital for sinners every single one of us including this pastor every single one of us are sinners but we are also a hospital and as we gather together what we are doing this morning is simply coming to Jesus who is the ultimate surgeon of all surgeons opening up our hearts and allowing him to do heart surgery this morning because the thing that we are talking about, removing the love of stuff and the love of money and all these idols from our lives, is something that you can't do on your own. Just in the same way that you couldn't perform heart surgery on yourself, that's what we're talking about. And that's why Jesus just offers them this hope. And he says this, with man it is impossible, but not with God. Because all things are possible with God. So whatever it is, the idol maybe in your life right now, that as we're talking about this, has you feeling discouraged already, the hope for you this morning is that with you, it might be impossible, but with God, it's not impossible. That God wants to step into your story. If you will open up your heart to him today and continue to ask that question, does God have my full love and devotion? Allow for him to reveal some things to you that he wants to get rid of in your life so that you would follow him more. I believe that our God is faithful and he wants to do that in your life today. That you can choose to make your possessions an idol or the other way to make sure that your possessions are not an idol in your life is to choose to make them an instrument. Meaning that when my stuff become an idol for me, it's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about me getting more and more and more and more and more. But when I choose to surrender that to God and allow him to use it, what my possessions become are instruments that God wants to use. See, Jesus wasn't asking him to go sell everything that you have and bring it to me so that I can have more stuff. What Jesus told him to do was to sell everything that he had and to go and to give that to the poor. Meaning, 
God wanted to use him and his possessions as an instrument to be able to bless other people. So what has God maybe entrusted you with in your life right now? That you begin to look at and begin to say, man, this thing, whatever this blessing is or these possessions are that he's entrusted me with, man, I have really made it all about myself. That if I'm being honest with myself, the person that benefits from this blessing in my life that God has given me is me and nobody else. And maybe what God is calling you to today is to begin to change that mindset and begin to say, how can I just allow God to use me as an instrument to bless other people, to meet actual needs that people have so that I can ultimately point people back to Jesus as the one who's the ultimate provider. You can choose to make the possessions in your life an idol by making them all about you, or you can choose to make them an instrument and allow God to use that. So will you surrender it all to God to be used by him as an instrument, whatever it is that he's entrusted you with. And some of you might be thinking right now, well, man, I don't, I don't have a whole lot, Nate. I look around me and, man, so many people, they have so much more than I have. And let me just tell you this truth, and I'm just going to be blunt here. If with the little bit that you have right now, you're not being faithful and not being generous and not blessing others, getting more isn't going to fix that, Right? Like every single one of us, God has blessed us and entrusted us in different ways. And if you are not faithful with the little bit that you have right now, telling yourself like, hey, someday when I have more, then I'll bless other people, then I'll give more. It's just never going to happen. Because most likely what's going to happen is the more you have, the more you're going to continue to use it on yourself and the more it's going to become an idol in your life. So even with the little bit that you have right now, can I just encourage and maybe challenge you? to not make that an idol in your life, to make it an instrument that you allow God to use. And you'd be surprised at how even with the little bit that you have, God can take that. He can multiply that and bless so many people that you wouldn't even imagine. So you can choose to make that an idol in your life or make it an instrument. Number three, if you're taking notes, if I trust God for my salvation, I can trust him with my possessions. If I trust God with my salvation... I can trust him with my possessions. And it's a lot easier sometimes in our lives to like trust God with your eternity than it is with your earthly needs, isn't it? Like it was, it, it was so much easier to get to that place in your life where you said, man, I am a sinner. I am in need of God. And God, I know that I can't do it on my own. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I trust him. I surrender to him. I believe in him for my salvation, for my eternity. But then when God says, hey, go sell all that you have and follow me, then you'll have treasure here and in heaven. It's like, I don't know about that. God, I just don't trust that you can take care of my needs, my earthly needs, as well as I can take care of my own needs is what we're telling God in that moment. And it's so easy for us to trust him for the biggest need that we have, which is like our salvation. But then when it comes to the little things, your daily needs, all the needs that you have in your life to begin to just doubt God in that. And what God is, what Jesus is trying to say to all of us in this, this time right now is that we can trust him with both. You can trust him with both. In the same way that you trusted on him for salvation, you can trust that he is your heavenly father who cares for you, who can also meet that need that you have in your life. And look at verse 28. Peter began to say to him, see, we have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold 
now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. Jesus is saying, hey, you, you can trust me with both. That there is literally no sacrifice that you will make on my, my behalf. There's no thing in your life that you will surrender that I will not repay to you a hundredfold. Like, do we actually believe that? Do we actually take Jesus, like, at his word that he actually can do that for us? Because that's what he was calling this, these disciples to do, just to, to trust him, to surrender everything, to give it all to him. And he promises to take care of us, to bless us. And he says a hundredfold, and he says this, in this life and also in the life to come. That so many of these things that we worry about, we're always concerned about, well, am, am I going to have enough? And I don't think I have enough. And here's a reality as well that is a sobering truth that most of us, we will run out of time before we run out of stuff. Most of us will run out of time before we run out of stuff, which is why we have wills and trusts and all these things that happen to make sure that after your time is done, what will happen with the stuff that you leave behind? And yet we find ourselves every single day so caught up with this anxiety of do I have enough or not? And over and over again, Jesus is saying, if you will trust me for your salvation, trust me with your daily needs as well. Like I can actually take care of that because I did the thing that you can never do on your own and I can do this thing as well. So are you willing to trust him with both that he can actually meet that need that you have no matter what it is in your life? He just promises to do that for us. And we started out with asking the question, does God have my full love and devotion? As, um, and are there maybe things in your life that as you think through your life, as I'm talking about this, perhaps today, you find yourself wanting to say, mine. What is that thing in your life today? At the minute we just mentioned stuff, we mentioned money, Maybe it's a collection of whatever you have. Like, it doesn't matter what that thing is, which is, again, the reason why we are not just talking about money right now, which is the reason why we're not talking about tithing to church, because it's so much bigger than that. Because I believe you can manage your money well, you can tithe, and yet it can still be an idol in your life. Because you begin to look to that thing for your dependence, for your security, and you begin to say, if I don't have that thing in my life, then I don't know how I'm going to make it. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You only need me alone. That's all that you need is me. And he wants your full love and your full devotion. So what is that thing in your life that you're maybe wrestling with today? That God is just calling you to surrender, to lay it all down, to be able to say, I just want to give it away and just be obedient. And it's so interesting that you begin to pray through a text and you begin to get ready for something like this. And I don't know, but over and over again, what God tends to do in my life is that as I'm getting ready to teach this, it's always like God saying, I'm going to speak to you first before I can speak through you. So the thing that if I'm being vulnerable, God has been working in my life and for my wife as well over the past couple months is this very thing that we are talking about. And it so happens that a couple weeks ago, I got invited to go speak at one of the local colleges here. Totally unexpected. And somebody that I knew, uh, knew somebody else who suggested my name. And so they invite me to go speak. And so I go speak. And uh, that same day, I have the opportunity to connect with one of my friends that I had not seen in a while. And we sat down and began to talk. And he just unloaded on me how they've just been walking through so many things in the last several months and just, man, some really heavy stuff. 
I literally found myself talking to him literally in tears, just feeling the heaviness of what they were walking through and all these needs that they have. And so I leave that meeting and I'm driving home. And as I'm in my car and I literally have this check that they just gave me, unexpected income that I have sitting in my car and I'm just thinking through this conversation I had and I just begin to hear God whisper to me, give it away, give it away, give it away. And I'm like, okay, God, is that really you, right? Is that really you, God? And I, I have like, you know, some hobbies, some things I've been wanting to get, like out of that, like another male romper sounds really cool. Um, God, like we have some bills and like we could like put that in the kids like, college fund and like invest that and we could like pay off some things and I just hear God again say to me give it away give it away so I get home after having this conversation with myself and I begin to tell Shana about the conversation I just had with my friend and what they're just walking through and I'm like I really feel like maybe God is laying on my heart that we should give it away to them and she goes you know that's what I felt God laying on my heart too so in obedience, we decided to reach out to this family and just to say, hey, I know it's not much. I wish we could do more. But here's this unexpected income that we had. And God just really laid it on my heart that we just need to, to give it away. And so we're giving it away. And they were like, no, we, we don't need that. Don't do that. No, please don't. Like, we'll be okay. We'll figure something else out. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. God spoke to us in obedience to give it away. So we're going to give it away. That's what we're going to do. I insist. I will not take no for an answer. And they finally were able to receive that blessing. And man, can I tell you how much of a blessing that was to them? Not just the financial side of that, but to be able to know that there's somebody out there that still cares for them, who is walking alongside them through that. And for us, how much of a blessing that was to us to be able to get to that place and say, hey, this was, this was unexpected income. God, it, it wasn't even mine to begin with anyways. But we tend to see those things in our lives and God blesses us with something. And instead of giving it away, we say, well, this is mine. I want to keep that for me. And when you step out in obedience, when you're able to give that away, you get to experience something that God does in your heart where you begin to give him your full love and devotion and you begin to grow deeper in your faith and he begins to free your heart from these idols. But also here's the more powerful part about that too is that God is also faithful and he also promises to bless us when we are obedient and generous as well. So I mentioned this week I was in Orlando and I'm in Orlando and I uh, typically I'm the one that goes and checks the mail in our house. So I was away and I get a notification on my phone in my mailbox usually that we're getting, you know, mail. So I tell Shana, make sure that you go check the mail. And so she did. She went and checked the mail and opened up this envelope and in that envelope, for whatever reason, one of the medical bills that we had for my daughter uh, came in the mail and they had decided to credit us twice the amount of the money that we had blessed this family with. But man, do you know how many times in my life I've heard God say, give it away, give it away, give it away. And I've chosen to say, mine, God, this is mine. And missed out on opportunities like that to be blessed by God to bless other people, to be used as an instrument for him and to go deeper in my faith so that every idol is just removed from my heart. And what is it for you in your life right now that God is simply just today saying, give it away, give it away. 
Give it away. It wasn't even yours to begin with. I was the one who allowed you to get that job, to come into this blessing, and I'm calling you now to give it away, to bless somebody else. And can I just encourage us and challenge us this morning for us to be the kind of people that when God says give it away, that we are willing to be obedient rather than being the people that choose to say mine, that we would just choose to surrender it so that the stuff and the possessions in our lives would never become an idol for us. Because we live in a world right now that is full of people around us. Look around you and this thing is an idol for almost every single person that you'll come into contact with. But imagine what it would look like for you if you could live free of the love of money and the love of stuff and to get to be used by God to point other people back to him, that is the life that he's calling us to. So does God have your full love and devotion? How will you choose to surrender to him today? Let me pray for us. Father, we just pause right now to open up our hearts. And God, the tendency is to hear a message like this, to feel the conviction, to understand the truths in our minds. And then to walk out of here and to go back to our old ways. And Father, I pray that you would help us today to be people that would actually take action, that would actually respond in obedience to that thing in our lives that maybe has become an idol for us. And as you reveal that to us today, Father, and you're calling us to give it away, to be a blessing, to be used by you as an instrument. Father, would you give us the courage and the boldness and the trust in you to be able to surrender that? That as Jesus said that, He wanted the little children to come to him because they are those that are able to come to him and just to completely trust and to completely depend on him. And so, Father, may we be like children today that can just depend on you, that can just be obedient. And Father, if you say it, it's true. We believe it. May we act on it today, I pray. And God, we love you. We thank you for all that you're doing, not just in our church, but through all churches all around the world. Father, we're so grateful that we get to be a part of your family. And we worship you today. It's in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen.